0: everybody thank you for joining me on the keto endurance podcast I have Christine Moore with me today she is a NTP practitioner and she is going to talk all about digestion she was a speaker on the low carb cruise twice the two times I was a speaker and I just loved her talk about describing the process of digestion and when digestion can go right or wrong and some tips that she has. So welcome Christine. Hey hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about first the process of how your body digests food. So you um, did a great job at describing how it starts, you know, when you see food and then and that the process of how your body's actually breaking down food.
1: Yeah. So most of us think, when we think of digestion, we think that it starts in the stomach or in your mouth when you chew the food. Well, actually, it starts in your brain. So digestion is supposed to be a parasympathetic, you're supposed to be in a parasympathetic state, meaning a relaxed state. And so let's first cover the definition of digestion. Digestion is just simply the mechanical and chemical breakdown of food. And so, you need uh, digestion to work right so every part of your body can function like it's supposed to. So, if you are in a parasympathetic or relaxed state, the brain signals the mouth to produce salivary amylase. So, this is done by if you ever walk by a restaurant and you smell some really good smelling food, those things are happening in the brain. And at that point, the salivary amylase is being triggered in your mouth to start digesting those foods you're gonna eat. The main part of digestion for carbohydrates happens in the mouth. This is where the salivary amylase breaks down the carbohydrates. So in your mouth, it's recommended, I like to tell my clients to chew their food for at least 30 seconds. That way the food is easily broken down once it gets into the stomach. So once you swallow the food, I'm going to get a little nerdy here. The food that you ate is called bolus, and it enters the esophagus down the esophagus through the cardiac sphincter into the stomach. So the stomach is where the main digestion of proteins happen. You have mucus, pepsin, and hydrochloric acid in the stomach, which breaks down the food once you swallow it there's supposed to be a normal pH of the stomach. It's supposed to be between 1.5 and 3. So you have a pH scale from left to right, the left being very acidic, the right being very alkaline. You want your stomach acid to be on the left-hand side of that pH scale, so you want it very acidic. And there's a purpose for for the acid in your stomach. It helps disinfect the stomach. So for those people that maybe are susceptible to getting food poisoning, maybe because they don't have enough stomach acid. And then the stomach acid also activates pepsin. And pepsin is what's used to break down and digest the proteins that you eat. So from there, if the pH of the stomach is correct, the pyloric sphincter will release the contents of the stomach into the duodenum. This is where secretin signals the pancreas to release pancreatic juices and cholecystokinin triggers the gallbladder to release bile. So it's important for the pH of this food to be correct so it can be released in a timely manner. Otherwise, you'll have a backup in your stomach and once the food is emptied into the duodenum, you're going to have problems and we'll get into that later. So, once the food goes through the small intestine, it goes into the large intestine through the ileocecal valve. This is where the chyme is digested further, and water is recycled, nutrients are recycled, which feeds the good gut bugs in your stomach. And this in your large intestine is where vitamin K2 B1, B2, and B12 and butyric acid are produced. And butyric acid is really good for gut health. So the rest of it, once all of that happens, the, one, the rest of it is expelled through the body and released as waste. So that's how digestion is supposed to work.
0: Yeah, that's in the best case scenario. That's, yes. <laughs> <you're> like, exactly. <laughs> so the, uh, let's, okay. let's now talk about where it can go wrong along the steps. So the first thing I imagine is that not being in a parasympathetic state sets you up for failure.
1: Exactly. Because what happens if you're doing other activities while eating, if you're stressed, your brain isn't going to send the signal to your mouth to start producing that salivary amylase and that's in your mouth is where the digestion of foods starts. So you, you moisten the food so it's easier to swallow. So if those signals aren't being sent, you're already starting out poorly. You're not going to, be able to digest those foods properly. In the mouth, if you're not chewing your food thoroughly for, like I said, at least 30 seconds, once you swallow the food, you're going to have a harder time digesting those foods once they get into the stomach. It's going to make your stomach have to work a lot harder. And also, being in a sympathetic state kind of inhibits the production of stomach acid, too. So, once the food gets into your stomach, you're going to have trouble digesting, especially the proteins. Because, like I said, the main point of digestion for proteins is in the stomach using pepsin. So, most people don't know this, but 90% of the American population is deficient in stomach acid and it kind of makes sense because we're all we're all stressed out yeah yeah so there were two people that came up with this Jonathan Wright he was an MD he used Heidelberg astro telemetry equipment to come up with the statistic and then there was a chiropractor named George Goodhart And he used a kinesiological and functional assessment to come up with that statistic of nine out of 10 people being deficient stomach acid. They, They looked at their patients. So again, when the stomach doesn't have enough stomach acid, it allows for things like bad bacteria to get into the rest of your body. So let me give you an example. My dad has been told most of his life that he, has too much stomach acid. And what does a doctor do? They put him on an acid blocker, a a proton pump inhibitor. And so maybe about four months ago, my dad started having blood in his stool. And we were, yeah, we were concerned that his cancer had come back. He had been diagnosed with a carcinoma in 2015. We were concerned that that had come back. Well, he had a, an upper and lower GI, and it turns out that he had H. pylori. So the doctors, again, automatically assumed that uh, he was producing too much stomach acid, and they put him on a proton pump inhibitor again. That's just making the problem worse. The acid is there to kill those bad yeah. bugs in your stomach. So <laughs> I was aggravated, but, you know, what do you do? You, you, you can't.
0: Yeah, well so. and that's the the problem is when people have some sort of heartburn burn or something like that, they think that they need an ant acid, but it's the acid that tells your stomach to shut off and not have stuff go in in places that it shouldn't
1: yeah, so the 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 acid helps with the pH of your stomach, and so yeah, if if the pH of your stomach is not right, then the food's not going to empty. Yeah, so you're going to have you're going to have big issues. You're not going to fully digest those the food that's in your stomach. And so this is where once it does enter into your small intestine, those undigested foods are going to cause irritation in the gut lining. This is what leads to autoimmune conditions. So if you have an autoimmune condition, I would think back to, okay, what's my stomach acid like? Do I, am I producing enough stomach acid? If the pH is not correct, the secretin is not going to signal the pancreas to release those pancreatic juices and bicarbonates. The gallbladder is not going to get stimulated to release bile. And this can lead to fatty acid deficiency because you need the bile to digest the fats that you eat. And then once the food goes into the large intestines, undigested food can clog that ileocecal valve. I don't know if you've ever had any pain in your lower right abdomen. You have your ascending colon. Well, you have your small intestine, then you have the ileocecal valve, and then you have your ascending colon, your transverse colon, and descending colon, which is on your left. That valve can sometimes get clogged with undigested food and can get irritated. That will cause pain. And also, these undigested foods can cause inflammation in the gut, leading to colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, and even celiac disease, which is, goes back to the autoimmune condition.
0: All kinds of really horrible things. Yes,
1: very bad things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bad so things. You know, my sister was just here and she has a problem with um, acid reflux and stomach issues. And she's been on a proton pump inhibitor. And, she's, and I'm like, she stopped taking that, but she still has digestive problems. And I'm telling her, I'm like, hey, you need probably some digestive enzymes and some mm-hmm. HST to really yeah. help your digestion. But she's like, well, if I have stomach pain, doesn't that mean I need... Less acid instead of more. I guess my question is I'm trying to tell her no, that's you know incorrect, but what would you say to someone whenever they're afraid to add in extra help for their digestion? So, any,
1: yeah, so I mean, I I try to because a lot of my clients have a hard time understanding this thing too. Oh, I have acid reflux, I need a proton pump, and ever no, you don't. So, first of all. What happens is the food sits in the stomach for too long. And this can weaken the cardiac sphincter so that when you swallow the food, it goes into your stomach through the cardiac sphincter. Well, if the food sits in the stomach too long, it's going to come back up. Especially if you keep eating, it's going to come back up. And even though the pH of your stomach is not what it should be, it's still too acidic for the esophagus. That's why it burns. So you need things like digestive enzymes with ox bile. You need, for those who know they don't have any stomach issues, they can take HCL supplementation, but I would highly recommend working with somebody when you're taking that stuff because I found out the hard way that it can really hurt your stomach. I had some really tiny ulcers in my stomach that I wasn't aware of and I was taking hydrochloric acid I hurt for four days after taking uh, the hydrochloric acid, so be careful with that stuff. But yeah, your digestive enzymes are your friends. You can do natural things like um, beet juice. You can do warm lemon water. Like I like to sometimes do eight ounces of warm lemon water with my meal. And here's another thing too: people don't stop and think about. You try not to drink a lot with your meal because that will dilute your stomach acid so I don't mind like eight ounces of warm water with your meal that kind of helps get bile flowing and things like that you can also do bitters maybe like 15 minutes before your meal things like cacao, chamomile coffee and dandelion root you can do the dandelion root in a tea so that will help with digestion as well. All those things help with bile flow. Frankly, a lot of our livers are stressed. <laughs> our liver is responsible for over 500 functions in the body, and so it can easily get stressed. So we need to take care of it as much as possible. And by having these bitters, these the warm lemon water, you can do Jerusalem artichokes, things like that, that kind of helps the production of bile so you can digest those fatty acids and have all the fat in the diet that you need
0: sounds good so let's talk a little bit about stress in general so right now I mean just since the cruise I went back to work and stuff but I saw that um you and not so much you but Jimmy has been going 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 that uh I think I would be exhausted (laughs) if I As much, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. I went to the cruise, and then three weeks later, I went to KetoCon, and I came home and I was beat. Like I was like, and then just imagining that travel schedule would kill me. Yeah. So I, so Christine's getting ready to go on a six month sabbatical. Sabbatical. (laughs) Sabbatical. Why can't I talk today? It's, it's a 8 a.m. for me. It's a little later in the day for Christine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sabbatical. I'm a more awake than you are. <laughs> but I think that it's, um, you know, letting your body rest and recover, letting your body go back into more time in the parasympathetic state, relaxed state, lets all those metabolic processes happen a little more efficiently that you don't need to boost them as much. With some of these different supplements or hacks or, you know.
1: Yeah. Our our travel schedule has been crazy. Um, Before this past trip that we had, uh, since late April, we were probably in our Spartanburg home probably four days. I mean, it was, yeah, it's been crazy. And you do see things start to, to suffer. Jimmy and I both are seeing a functional medicine doctor right now. We, we found out a whole bunch of things. I mean, stress, people downplay stress so much. And, well, let me just, let me just say that when we were tested with, our, with, with these certain things, we had our adrenals tested, we had neurotransmitters tested, growth hormone, and let's just say for both of us, all of those things were tanked. And it was due to stress. And so it has that impact on the neurotransmitters, your growth hormone, all that sort of stuff. It's going to play an impact on your digestion. And it's like a vicious cycle. If you're not digesting the nutrients that you need, that's going to cause issues too. You're going to be deficient in vitamins and minerals. And you're just just going to feel tired. Yeah, exactly.
0: And plus, you need minerals, digesting minerals. Helps you make digestive acid, and if you don't have enough digestive acid, you're not digesting yep. the minerals to make Exactly.
1: Exactly. So you need zinc and, uh, well, two of the main things, uh, zinc and B6 to produce stomach acid. But if you're not digesting your foods properly, you're not going to have that, and so you're not going to be able to, to digest your foods properly, and then you're going to become even more deficient. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle, so this is why... Supplementing, I think, is really important starting out. You can get to where you need to be and then at the same time work on stress levels. I mean, it is really hard. Once you've been going, going, going to just all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to take time for myself. It's hard learning the things that maybe you can cut out and do without. And during the six months of we're going to learn this stuff we're going to learn okay when we come back what can we do without to make more time for us and jimmy's got a regimen in place that he's going to do and and keep up once he comes back and that may self care may take 2 3 hours a day but you know it's important i mean to, in, in all honesty and i know you can relate to this being a leader in the health space is not healthy <laughs>
0: So, well, even just keeping keeping your social social media presence up is hard. It is just remembering to take pictures like that's hard for me because mm-hmm. uh, I go on bike rides or whatever and uh, training sessions, and just remembering to stop and take a picture because you have to stop what you're doing. You have to pull out the camera or your phone, take the picture, and then put the phone away. It's just that little thing is disruptive. And, um, actually since talking about stress, I've been, I was training pretty hard and then I would, um, come home and just stare at my computer and like nothing was firing. So I had to cut back on my training schedule and I got my hormones checked. I, I had my hormones checked in January and they weren't in great shape. And I just made an appointment with Dr. Nally, um, And he ordered brand new tests, but he looked at my past test and he's like, yeah, you're a mess.
1: (laughs) Yes. Thank (laughs) you. I knew that already.
0: (laughs) But you know, not so much. I mean, my thyroid function is low and my, I'm going to be 50 tomorrow. So happy birthday. Thank you. So I, I feel like I, I feel pretty good. At fifty, compared to when I was in my twenties and thirties, because I was a high carb, low fat athlete, and so I felt even worse. But I don't—I wasn't feeling as good as I had before, and it's just like overtraining and my age. So when I adopted a ketogenic diet, everything got better because, Mm. and I felt better, and my asthma went away, and my allergies went away. But as I got older, the natural decline in hormones. And I went sort of back backwards and I was like, hmm, this is not good. Yeah. (laughs) But some of it's just the, you know, life stress. But I can't imagine like as much as I am doing and as busy as I am, I can't imagine being as busy as you and Jimmy, especially Jimmy, because all that time he takes to do all those interviews and post all this stuff and all those things. And people say, Oh, well that's his full-time job, but this is my full-time job too. I mean, exactly. I mean, and granted I, I spent a lot of time analyzing people's files before I got on the um, call. I was comparing two runs of somebody who was trying two different nutrition strategies and writing up a report of that, but that all takes time. And uh, I guess this whole process and learning more is that you have to, you know, relax, have good boundaries. But mm-hmm. life is easy to, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions.
1: Oh gosh, yeah, it is. And that's part of the reason why we uh, got a mountain home for a retreat so we could go there on the weekends and kind of unwind and kind of get away from our normal routine because even now we're, we're trying to slow down so we're not going into the sabbatical abruptly. We're kind of tapering things off now. But there's the, something that we really all of us need to focus on is our self-care because if we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to properly take care of our clients and those that we love and care about. And I know that you are are busy too. I mean, it's just, it's something that, it's a daily journey, I think. So if we can start it now, taking care of ourselves, and you mentioned social media. Jimmy is deleting Facebook, Instagram, Twitter off of his phone. He's not deleting his accounts, but he's just deleting the app off of his phone. So he won't be tempted to go on there during the sabbatical. I'm going to keep it on just to keep up with family. I'll probably delete Twitter and Instagram, but keep Facebook just to my, most of my family's on Facebook, but I won't be getting on there and regularly posting stuff. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure.
0: It will be. Oh, and it's, that is a huge time suck. Yesterday, I mean, lately keto's gotten so much bigger, so um, which is awesome, awesome for me, and awesome, I'm sure, for other you know people in the keto space and for yeah. the health of our population in general. But I've in my group, I have a, a closed Facebook group for endurance athletes, and I post like, hey, you know, welcome mm-hmm. to our group, you know, tell us about yourself, and these people they tell us. About themselves and then I want to give an answer to everybody's problems Mm. and questions and yesterday afternoon it was an hour's time suck and I'm like I want to help these people but I have clients who pay me that I need to help first learning to do that has been hard for me right it's just I have so many more questions than I had before But so I can't even, I think about Jimmy a lot and I think about other people in the keto space and how they're online so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have the hardest time managing that. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine other people who have more traffic and more followers and more questions than I do being able to answer that. And I think that folks outside of that sort of sphere, getting questions like that, I mean, there's a lot of people who are you know, saying not nice things about yeah. <laughs> yeah. some people. And I've had people say not nice things about me. And I think they have no comprehension of the time and the stress of managing all that.
1: Yeah. One of our favorite things now is if we see anything the least bit snarky on social media, we'll just delete the comment and block the person. Jimmy has a very big heart like you do. And we want to help everybody. And sometimes Jimmy would like to engage the person a little bit just to see, okay, maybe their mama didn't teach them how to behave. <laughs> so trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. Um, they would come back double down even more snarky and at that point jimmy would delete but now it's one of those things where we're trying to get rid of all the toxic stuff from our lives and you know frankly social media is a big place for that and you know if you can't say anything positive or encouraging or uplifting we don't have room for you in our lives so deleting and blocking is Become our favorite uh, thing to do.
0: (laughs) I I think that deleting and blocking is a fabulous plan. And the a couple times that I've had snarky things, which not near as much as as some other people. I have you know the first time I tried to like you know give some data, give some information, it never works. Those people don't care. They just want to point the finger and whatever reason they have, it's that's their reason. And just learning to, you know, be swift about it, and like, don't let that sit there and yep And, up, yeah. It,
1: <laughs> but it, it affects it's, you more than you realize. I mean, the, the, those people already have the, most of them, ninety nine percent of them already have their minds made up, and they're just gone there to cause trouble. I mean, yeah. that's for whatever reason they. That's how they get pleasure in life. I mean, I, I kind of feel sorry for them, but. That's just the way it is. And so just deleting and blocking, you know, right off the bat, you know, you're you're going to be so much better off in the long run. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sound advice. I would like to say, you know, some of my um, personal angst or issues is like, I'm not where I want to be, which I know there's a lot of people out there who are probably listening to this and like, hey, I've seen all these health benefits from keto or changing my lifestyle. But I'm still not where I want to be. And some of it is the fact that we have to go back to where we started. Everybody starts in a different place. Even from birth, we start from a different place. Some people, if uh, I know you're familiar with Pottinger's cats, Mm -hmm. Francis Pottinger's cats, and Francis Pottinger did a study of cats and how it takes generations to mess up your metabolism or you know your whole system but it takes generations to repair as well it took three generations for these cats given a poor diet to become infertile and, and to reverse that it took three generations so even though someone can be set up to fail before they're even born
1: yeah it's hard
0: so there there's only you know in a lifetime you may not have the time in a lifetime to repair all of your metabolic damage. You know, for me, I get frustrated with like, hey, I switched to a ketogenic diet. I exercise the right heart rate zones. I manage my stress, all these things. And although I'm not perfect because life gets in the way, but I still, even though I've come a long way from where I was 20, 30 years ago, I'm not where I want to be right now. Yeah. And just accepting that, And maybe realizing that sometimes you can get as good as it's going to get.
1: That's one thing that, you know, Jimmy, he's not where he wants to be right now. I'm not where I want to be right now. But we need to be kind to ourselves because stressing about it's just going to make things worse. And you're right, you don't get in the situation that you're in overnight, it's going to take time. And as you said, you know you may never get to whatever that goal is that you have you may not get to a size 4 or, what, or whatever it is but think about how far you've come from where did you start out and if you had not started you keto know, or whatever plan that you're on had you not started that how much worse off would you be right now had you not started it so just If you don't see the weight coming off, first of all, we try not to put the focus on weight because there are so many things that affect that, and stress is a big thing that affects your weight. But we try to focus on the overall health benefits that you're seeing, hormonal balance, blood sugar balance, that sort of thing, your mood. How Um, well you sleep. Yeah, how well you sleep. That's a big thing too. So just think about all the positives that you have in your life Focus on those and then try, you know, may- maybe the rest of that stuff will fall online. Maybe it won't. But just be kind to yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm a big proponent of being kind to yourself. I'm being yeah. kind. And I don't care who you are. There's somebody, you know, even people have beautiful bodies. Sometimes they have other issues going on. So I'm, my talk on the low carb cruise was the differences between being fit and being healthy. Yep. There are So many people who look good, but they internally, they are not functioning properly. I have a client who, I, he's not a client anymore, but he was a client in the past who looked good, but his body literally would not let him, he could not gain fat. Hmm. He couldn't gain weight. And there are people who have genetic conditions where they actually cannot store fat on their body. Yeah. But his triglycerides were high and his blood pressure was high and it was pretty scary for him. I helped him make some adjustments and that normalized. So he got healthier, but his body composition didn't change at all. Yeah. And there's other people who, you know, perfectly healthy, but they have extra weight on their bodies. And just like we think are culturally We've been brainwashed to be, like, if you look a certain way and you perform at a certain level, you're healthy. Yeah. Alberto Salazar, Olympic, or a world-class runner, broke all kinds of world records, has had multiple heart attacks. Yeah. No. Having a heart attack is not healthy. (laughs) No. No, it's not. No, and cancer is not healthy. And there's all kinds of studies that show that cancer is... um, not necessarily caused by sugar, because there's a lot of factors that go into cancer. But you definitely yeah. don't want to uh, to feed it any more than it has to be fed with a high sugar diet. Right. Well, about.
1: here's the, here's the thing about extra weight too. So the body may be hanging on to extra weight for a reason. The toxins that are in your body that you're exposed to on a daily basis that gets stored in your body fat to protect it from the rest of your body and so for somebody that maybe has some detoxification issues they may hang on to extra body fat because those toxins are being stored in the body in in that fat to protect the body so maybe you need to look at detoxification as well And, and when I say detoxification I'm not talking about like drinking green smoothies or th- that sort of thing. So the body is constantly detoxifying and the toxins are taken out of the body through the bile. The liver produces the bile. It's also moved around through the lymphatic system as well. So the, the toxins are getting expelled out of the body through the, the bile. But if you're not detoxing properly, you're not going to be able to get rid of those toxins and you, you might have a little bit of extra weight. So that may be another piece of the puzzle for somebody.
0: That is very helpful. And I think that I, I like to believe, and I mean, I may be wrong in this, but the body does what it can to keep us alive. Yes. Like it's always a system that's trying to stay alive. So things that are happening in our body, it's a defense mechanism, not necessarily, you know, people who say, I hate my body. Don't hate your body. Your body's trying to keep you alive. Exactly. You know, and sometimes things don't go the way we would like it to, but that's it's just a system to try to keep it going.
1: Yep, it tries to remain in homeostasis. So it does that by storing toxins in body fat and other things. So, yeah, yeah, our bodies are so complicated and really
0: easy to get frustrated with it it's so i mean and we are so complicated because even you know every thought we have has a chemical reaction it does yep so even every time you think something there's some chemical reaction going on every um you know you smile at someone it's going to have a different chemical reaction than if you frown If you say, like you said, whenever say people say hurtful things, even though we read them, the initial response, I don't know about you, but the initial response is like, I can't believe someone said that about me. (laughs) I'm a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, um, so those chemical reactions, uh, like you said, is learning to um, de-stress and everything also contributes to to our well-being and how body works. I think that for me, working with endurance athletes and seeing, you know, the comments people have, I really wanted to have them come on, you'd come on, because I felt like your talk on the cruise was so good about explaining the process of digestion that I have clients who are eating right, you know, eating a ketogenic diet, they've realized they need to train a certain way, so they've adjusted their training, yet then they still are having problems and so I think the next step is either to is to look at your digestion and to look at your stress levels. So those are two it, things that I recommend. And so if Christine is an NTP, so I'll let you talk a little bit about what the NTP certification is and where someone can find NTP in their area.
1: Yeah, so Nutritional Therapy Association, so nutritionaltherapy.com. And on that page, there's a list of NTPs in each area. So what we learned, there's two different programs, the NTP program, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program, and then NTC, which is Nutritional Therapy consultant. Both of them learn the same material except for the functional evaluation. The NTPs learn the functional evaluation, and this is, Basically, an evaluation that you do on your client, if you see clients in person, there's many different reflex points on the body that kind of can tell us whether someone is struggling in a certain area, whether they might be deficient in a certain vitamin or mineral. I mean, it's just amazing. And you press on these reflex points, and if there's sensitivity, in that area, that may be a cause for looking deeper into maybe some nutritional support that they may need. We also learned lingual neurotesting, testing, which once we do the functional evaluation, we test certain supplements on the client. And so it's just a simple thing of picking a, a supplement that would support, let's just say digestion, since we're talking about digestion, we have the client put that supplement on their tongue, and then we retest that point on the functional evaluation. And a lot of times, if that supplement is good, if it's what they need, their body needs, we'll see a reduction in the sensitivity of that point. And we were just at the second NTP um, workshop weekend for the Herndon class. I'm a group leader for that one. And we were doing the lingual neurotesting, and it was, it was amazing watching, you know, the students test on each other and actually seeing these reflex points get better in their sensitivity so that the brain knows what the body needs. And so I mean it's it's fascinating to me. I have to admit when I was first going through the program I was very skeptical about all of that. But then once I had it done with myself and I saw improvements in those particular spots, I'm like, wow, there's really something to this.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's multifaceted ways for us to heal and there are people who can help you with that and NTPs are a great resource for that. Yep. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to come on the call with me, Christine, and talk about digestion and to talk about stress. And I'm super excited for you and Jimmy to take this sabbatical because I think that we probably need more. If more of us in the world could take a a sabbatical and just detox every so often, or even just taking some time, you know, like you said, daily taking time for yourself, we'd probably be a lot, you know, culturally a lot happier.
1: Yes. We realize that not everybody can take off six months, but this is where it's important to take an hour or two every day We've got to learn to get rid of what is kind of, I don't want to say unimportant, but what we can do without in our lives.
0: Not serving us.
1: Right, exactly. So we have time to take care of ourselves. And if we can do that every day, you know, we'll be a lot better off.
0: I agree. Well, it's fabulous talking to you. I'm so excited for you and Jimmy. And I'm, I'm excited that you guys will be done with your sabbatical by next May, right?
1: Yes, yeah, we're coming back March
0: 1st. So they'll be back again on the low-carb cruise, and I will see you guys again then.
1: Yeah, sounds wonderful. All right, thank you, Christine. Thank you.